definitely human. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. guys, welcome to Back to Earth, a podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. This is episode three. It is winter. And you want to start a vineyard. That is correct, sir. I have always been passionate about wine mm-hmm. and viticulture. I think I really want to do something with my hands, returning to the farm and actually kind of growing something, building something, doing something, creating a product. I'm hella good at marketing. That's been my kind of whole shtick, I suppose, in the last 10 years of London is marketing. And I think that's probably what having a wine brand is mostly about. Yeah, that's the main thing is the marketing. (laughs) Well, if you hit the marketing right, I think that's the way I've thought about most of my business ventures in the past, I suppose, is getting the marketing right. But how hard can it be? You're just growing some grapes out of the earth. So do you know anything about vineyards i've been to a lot of vineyards i've been to a lot of wine tastings in vineyards all around the world i've been to vineyards I was with you one time yes in portugal we went to one didn't we mm. got very drunk i do not remember it <laughs> you never spit into the bucket <laughs> we did leave with a crate of wine i think i mean that's the idea right send you through the gift shop on the way out yeah. um and yeah i think it's something that i could do it doesn't take up much space as potentially high profitability for a small amount of land i don't think britain is particularly well known for vineyards or maybe i'm wrong i don't know is it um well you say that but i actually think it's becoming well known for vineyards so last year I was on a press trip in Champagne in France and I was talking to a Champagne grower. So that's why it's called Champagne. Yes, exactly. It's a location in France and that's where they grow all the Champagne. Um, So I was talking to the Champagne grower and two years ago in France, I think Champagne reached temperatures of like 40, 45 degrees or something and the vineyards just burnt and they lost a lot of crop. So Champagne growers have been furiously buying up land in the UK because the climate in the UK is the exact same climate that Burgundy was 25 years ago. And that's nothing to be worried about, presumably. (laughs) Right? (laughs) 
Okay, look, this isn't as tenuous as it sounds. I do actually have an idea of how I'm going to achieve my vineyard dream. All I need to do is find a south-facing field with good elevation and well-draining soil, get a soil sample from an agronomist to check nutrient levels, find a vine sourcing and planting company, decide on rootstocks and grape varietals, prepare the field, subsoil and plow, plant trees to act as a wind guard, plant the vines, wait a year, trellis, wait two more years, prune, wait more years, harvest, squash, ferment, bottle and sell. Easy. All right, maybe I can't do all this on my own. For one thing, there's no way I can afford it. So I guess it's time to call out my contact in London, by which I mean the only person I know who likes wine as much as I do, Ben. Hey, uh, you all right? Yeah, good, good, thanks. How's it going up there? Ben is an entrepreneur with a background in publishing and journalism. We've never collaborated before and we have very different backgrounds, but I think we can make a good team. Well, um, I tried... Basically, I went to Wine Shop Mountain. It's pretty good. And, yeah. Um, it's got like a variety of different grapes. Um, yeah, because the most common ones are Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Which are French grapes that we can't do. Like, we'd have to spray them every eight days in the summer and it would be just a nightmare just to let them live. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Ben is keen to invest in half a field to start, which is potentially 10,000 bottles of wine. But we need to figure out what rootstocks to go with. I don't think it's a good idea to compete with household names. I'm much more interested in German hybrids, which are less conventional and have a wider depth of flavour. So I bought some crates of wine from local vineyards to get a taste of what's out there. Our first bottle is a late-ripening Kernling variety. Kernling is a Riesling cross. Aromatic and fruity with a fresh acidity. That actually is very nice. I could imagine drinking that on a hot summer's evening. Ooh, that's really good. So... Oh, I don't think this one's won any awards. This is the one of them that hasn't won any awards. But yeah, do you think that's a grape of interest for us I to do. grow? Yeah, I do. I do too. Mm. I like that a lot. He's you don't like sure. it? Yeah, I like it. I mean, yeah, but you're not a white wine person, no, are you? No, not really, no. Certainly sharper than good old Pinot. Yeah. It's very different. I don't think it's a quaffer. No. It's something to be savoured, a nice special one. Yeah. We're saying that's in the negative, right? <laughs> I love a Riesling, but I've been told it won't grow in our region. Maybe Kernling is a good alternative. Our next bottle is made from 100% Madeleine Angevine grapes. We have two vintages from 2018 and 2019. So vintage, right? Although, considering what 2020 was like, 2019 does seem like a lifetime ago. That one's definitely got a lot more body to it. I don't like this one as much as the old one. No. Is this the award winner? This is the award winner. I'm getting an aftertaste, which is a bit sweet. Mm. I think if you were drinking this all day in the sun, you'd get a bit of a headache. headache. Yeah. So I'm not sure if being able to drink it all day in the sun is a widely accepted characteristic of good wine. But so far, I'm leaning towards the kernling. Next up, another Madeleine Angevine. But this one's been matured in Seguin Moreau Oak and Acacia Barrels. Was that a bit Muppets? <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's completely different. You mm. can taste the barrel. You can. It tastes kind of woody, don't you think? I don't think I'd rush out to buy another bottle of any of them. Mm. The first one. The first one. Yeah. I would. I'd you buy... didn't like the first one. Well, then I tasted the other one. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think it's down to us for doing the drinking plant and we're not used to Rolls Royce stuff? Maybe. Maybe I didn't pick the best drinking partners for this job. Anyway, if we're going to do white wines, why not a sparkling too? How hard could it be? I've got my hands on a pet gnat, which is an ancestral method wine that dates back to the 16th century. Century. 
This one's a cloudy dry kernling. And to be honest, it's not like any bottle I've seen before. So the bottle is wrapped in many layers of cling film. Should we be worried? Um, yeah, and you better not whiz it up and down because they've said it will open with a bang. It came with a handwritten note from the vineyard saying, in capital letters, take care opening, the caps fly off with force, pointed away from everyone and have a glass at the ready. The pressure is high at this stage in the life of a bottle fermented fizz. Better go and open the door and stand in front of the door and open it. Point it away from you guys. Thank you. Much appreciated. <laughs> Wait for the explosion. Steady. Oh God. Oh! Ooh! Jesus Christ! Oh my God! Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> well, we've certainly christened the new studio. Thank God we were outside. <laughs> it went everywhere. I mean, I want to say I wish they'd made it clearer, but I think they did. Wow, so that really just blew up. Well, I see what they mean about clouding. Yes, it is, isn't it? It looks like apple juice. Oh, wow. It's very fizzy. Quite savoury as well. Very dry. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I like that. Mm. Everything about it is very homemade. The sticker yeah. seems quite homemade. The mm. writing is almost done in a handwritten style. And then it's got a bottle top on. It's um, quite unique. Tastes homemade as well. Well, it's naturally fermented in the bottle, so I presume that's different to how you would make a sparkling wine usually. Although, don't you ferment it in the bottle? No. I need to learn all this. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, past Charlie. Present Charlie is on the case. So, unlike the traditional champagne method... Pet Nat is bottled prior to completing its first fermentation, allowing carbon dioxide to be produced by the natural sugars found in the grapes. Champagne, on the other hand, is fully fermented and strained from the vat. Then yeast and sugar is added for a second fermentation in the bottle. I'm sure that's right, but if it's not, sue me. <laughs> Please don't sue us. David's shaking his head vigorously. Please don't sue us. Our final bottle is Solaris. Solaris is a dry white German variety. It's very popular in English vineyards thanks to its hardiness and resistance to diseases and frost. Try saying that when you've had a few glasses. So what exactly does hardiness taste like? Apparently it's smooth and crisp with a suggestion of rhubarb and citrus lime carrying a long finish. It's nice, it's quite tanniny. Yeah. I should think that would make a good sparkling. I think so too. What do you think, David? Yeah, I like this one, actually. Is it's it right? really flavourful, if that's the word. Yeah. It's got a nice bouquet. It gets away from the Pinots and the Sauvignon Blanc. It's a totally different thing, and it would go well for weddings, I would thought. <laughs> <laughs> she raised her eyebrows. <laughs> Made sure the microphone was close to my face to raise my eyebrows. I'm not quite getting this. Hmm, weddings. We could turn one of the south-facing fields into a venue overlooking the estuary and the vineyard. I'll add it to the list along with all my other great ideas. I still can't believe how inspired I feel down here. I was actually a little worried that living in Devon would slow me down. I always thought of people in the countryside as having a quieter, more relaxed lifestyle. But I don't feel like that. I actually feel more energised than ever to engage and explore new ideas and opportunities. And it's so amazing to be working alongside my mum and even David. I think he might have been a little reluctant at the start of this adventure, but now he's enjoying it as much as I am. More or less. 
think I better answer that. Hello, Matthew. How's it going? I'm all right. How are you? Uh, yeah. The usual. The usual. <laughs> that well. That well. Good to see you. Good to see your face. Yes. In your new office. Yeah. What do you, what do you think? It's very... I'd seen it when you were building it. You were showing me lots of, with your bare hands. That's not true. You showed me lots of um, pictures of the outside. I feel like I've been following this since its genesis as a tiny little barn thing yeah. that was falling down with no roof. And now look, it's got a roof. I know, it's a bit echoey though. Do I sound like I'm sort of in a cave or something? Yeah, you've not. Shows, what have you got in there? Uh, nothing. <laughs> No. Nothing. It's basically just a big, empty, hard space. And it's really windy outside as well. Well, yeah, you've got... You showed me a photo of your view. That's a lot better than the view I've got, I have to say, because I'm sat in my spare room, which is where I feel like I spend all of my time now, which I suppose it is because, you know, before I used to leave the house and now I just spend it in this room looking at my next-door neighbour's extension. But you (laughs) have got... Was that the sea or is that a river or what's that it's both it's a river that goes both. into the sea look yeah. at us over egging the pudding i think it's very impressive you should either have one or the other you're, you're in the countryside as well though you're living that yeah. country life you did it way before i did we did we moved out of london in god i think it was july 2019 we finally did it i think we'd been talking about it for a year or so before we actually did it why why did you, why? Well, mainly because buying a house in London <laughs> is almost impossible. Yeah. My day job pays me a decent salary. Uh, my wife is freelance. We were bringing in some money, but it was never enough to actually afford to buy a place. And then the other problem you've got is, you know, you're renting. You know, London rental prices are much higher than, you know, than they should be, or certainly what they are out of London. I mean, what we're paying here out in the middle of nowhere in Oxfordshire for a three-bedroom house. We're paying about 500 quid, maybe less than what we would be paying in London. And we get more space. We've got a garden. It's a nice place to be. I can't say I don't miss London a bit, especially now. It was different when we moved out here because we, you know, I was still working in London and everything like that. But now the world's gone a bit crazy. You know, suddenly I'm working from home all the time and barely ever leave the house. Well, it's been weird. Like, I think you're probably the only person I've had regular contact with over lockdown, apart from Charlie and work. Yeah, that's pretty much the same, you know, for me. I've either, the people I'm speaking to most regularly are people I've married or people I've fathered. And which one of those am I? Um, I mean, (laughs) hello, son. (laughs) So how are you um, settling into country life? Pretty well. Like I say, until fairly recently, I didn't feel like I was, to be honest, because I was still getting the train, you know, I was getting out of bed at six o'clock in the morning, getting a train back into London at seven, coming home at, you know, half six at night. So basically only saw it in, in either the darkness or early morning. And so it didn't feel, and I remember the first Christmas we were here saying to my wife, I, I kind of don't feel like I spend enough time here. And the monkey's paw curled at one finger. Yeah. 
And and they say, we'll see what we can do about that. Yeah. And then suddenly my life is totally the opposite way around. In fact, it's even more extreme because, you know, I haven't been on a train in nearly a year. I don't think I've left this village since the middle of December 2020 because, you know, there's been another lockdown. There's been this whole virus going around. Mm. So I do miss that. But I certainly feel like I've embedded myself more into the area. You know, I enjoy walking around it and stuff. I think the biggest disappointment for me is feeling like we were getting to a point meeting people because we've got young children. So, you know, they go to the school and the playgroup and things like that. And you meet other parents. And we just got to the point of starting to make what we hoped would be good sort of friendships and things like that. And that's all kind of had to go on pause. Right, yeah. Because, you know, we can't meet up with anybody yeah. and you can't really interact with people in a normal way. But I like, you know, I like being here and it's nice to be able to go out and not feel like you're surrounded by people or you're feeling, you know, a bit claustrophobic from it all. It's it's quite nice for that. Uh, and, and certainly my wife, I think, has taken to it really well. She's, you know, I think she's really got behind the country life mm-hmm. and took up gardening yeah. You know, I will cut the lawn, but she suddenly started like digging plants up and putting new ones in, which is something we never did in London because we couldn't. But now we can. And suddenly, you know, she's enjoying watching like the seasons change and things like that. Yeah, I think Charlie is, well, she's very much like that. She's really going all in on this farmer's life thing. Um, and she's got all these plans. Uh, she's going to start a vineyard. Flipping heck. I tell you that. She's, she's starting a vineyard. That's pretty, I mean, uh, on one hand, if you said to me, you know, Charlie's starting vineyard, part of my brain wants to go, that's pretty crazy. Mm. This is not the first thing you would think anybody would do. But on the other hand, if you told me Charlie is setting up a vineyard, I would also go, yeah, you know, that sounds about right. Yeah, that is the sort of thing that she would do, isn't it? If it was anybody else, <laughs> it would be an insane idea. But I think <laughs> it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Do you see your future picking grapes and, and maybe treading them? Um, I hope not. <laughs> It's not. I yeah, I felt like you were you were pretty adamant that you had left Devon and you were never coming back. Yeah, and that you had you had found like your happy place, living in your tiny flat in North Ish London, wherever that was. Yeah. Do you think it's something you can make your peace with and and learn to love? I don't know because as as well, I was kind of under the impression that when you move to the countryside, everything's a lot more relaxed and you sort of chill out. But I. I haven't felt this tired in a long time. (laughs) I feel so tired all the time. I don't know why. Well, I don't know whether that's, is that, you know, the normal situation or is that just, you know, coming out of where we find ourselves at the moment, Mm. you know, coronavirus and all this, you know, because I don't know about you. I've also felt really, really tired, but I, you know, I don't know whether that's because I'm not doing as much or going places and, you know, I'm not feeling as stimulated mm. maybe as, as I was a year ago. So much as being in the countryside, you know. Yes, we'll just have to, uh, guess we'll just have to wait and see, won't we? Okay, so it's possible David isn't 100% on board with country living just yet. Maybe you'll have an epiphany in the next episode. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Earth Podcast and on Twitter at Back to Earth Pod. Music is by John Day. Our work is by Eric Chow. And this episode was edited by David Knight. Thank you them and thank you you for listening to our podcast. And if you're supporting us on Patreon, stay tuned for our after show series, Finger Guns, hashtag farm life. <laughs> 
This week, we're joined by Matthew. David and Matthew have been making podcasts for literally years, so I want to know what they make of my podcast. Have I already surpassed them? Find out more at patreon.com forward slash definitely human. David's giving me the squinty evil eyes. Back to Earth is a definitely human production. Okay, bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm